Hi everyone, this is Tim. Thank you for the download. And just as a quick reminder, if you get this through Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please give us a rating and review. The highest ratings and reviews that we get, the more people will find Radio MVP and help us grow RadioMVP.com. Much appreciated to everyone who has downloaded our podcast in the past. And if you have the opportunity, recommend it to your family and friends for we can continue to bring you the best podcasts in Mahoning Valley. Today, I had an opportunity to talk with Dan DeCenzo. He is a candidate for the Mahoning County Common Pleas Judge. Dan has 10 years of judicial experience as the magistrate. He's ready to resume all duties on court on day one. He's committed to developing an addiction prevention program. He's a veteran of the United States Armed Forces, and he has 20 years of trial experience representing labor organizations and small businesses. Before we get started, I just want to remind everybody once again that all our podcasts are available on RadioMVP.com, Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. Now, let's get started with one-on-one with Dan DeCenzo, a candidate for Mahoney County Common Pleas Judge. Hi again, everyone. Thanks for the download here on Radio MVP. I'm Tim. Along with me today on my one-on-one conversation is Dan DeCenzo, who is running for Mahoney County Common Pleas Judge. Dan, welcome to the uh, podcast. Thank you, Tim. It's great to be here. Thank you. I know you're a lifelong resident, but just give us a background about your life and sure. where, where you're at today. Sure. I, uh, I was born and raised here uh, in Youngstown on the south side. Uh, I attended, uh, I have seven brothers, six brothers and sisters. I'm the, the sixth of seven. I have one younger brother. I have four older sisters and, a, and an older brother. Um, we, I attended uh, St. Dominic's uh, School and then Cardinal Mooney High School. And while I was still in high school, I want to say probably April, I think, of my senior year, I joined the service. I joined the Army, uh, the Army National Guard. I shipped off to basic training about a month or so, two months maybe, after graduating from high school. I finished my basic and advanced training, came back, was fortunate to be able to uh, then attend college during my, my six years in the, in the, in the uh, Army National Guard as a combat engineer. Uh, I was able to go to college uh, on the GI Bill, which was a big help for me. And uh, I also worked in the summers and, and the holidays um, driving a, a beer truck for, for Superior Beverage. Uh, so between the GI Bill and, and being able to work in some construction work, some heavy equipment operating work, uh, I was able to pay for college. I finished at YSU. I worked for about another year or so, and then I decided to give law school uh, a try. Uh, my older sister, Janine, had graduated from law school. And, you know, I hadn't really kind of coming from where I came from and, and, you know, living as I was growing up, I never really thought about being, being an attorney, uh, a whole lot, but as I went through school and graduated, you know, my sister Janine had, had already done it and she, she would talk to me about it and, and kind of suggest maybe you should think about 
about you know taking the LSAT, the entrance exam for law school. Um, so after about a year of working, I said, yeah, okay, I will. So I prepared for it, took it, it went well, and I was accepted uh, to a few schools, and I went to the University of Toledo. Finished law school there, came back, took the bar exam, passed that, and then started practicing back here in uh, in the Valley. And um, since that time, you know, for the first 10 years, I was a trial attorney, mainly representing labor organizations, uh, different unions in the area, but also local businesses, getting into court quite a bit, having some pretty long, complex trials. Some of them lasted you know, three weeks or a month long. And, and, and that's a long, that's a long trial. Um, and I had some successes there. So when judge DiApolito, Lou DiApolito took the bench in 08, he selected, he asked me to, if I would want to be his magistrate. And I didn't know Lou all that well. I, I knew, I knew, um, his cousin who's closer in my age. I knew him, but I didn't really know Lou. I would see him around town, um, and, and, uh, hear about you know cases that he had or trials that he had and uh when he called me i was a little i was a little surprised in the sense that i hadn't heard anything about oh you know judge dap dapolito's thinking about asking you to be his magistrate so it kind of came as a surprise and we talked for a little bit and i said well can i ask my can i talk to my wife about it and uh we had just We'd only been married for a few years, maybe three or four years at the time. And he said, yeah, sure, no problem. He said, take some time, think about it, call me back in an hour. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sounds like most people. So, yeah. He, Hurry up he, and think. <laughs> he wanted an answer. He wanted an answer pretty quick. So I did. I, I spoke with Natalie about it. And, you know, I knew that the courtroom was, was where I liked to be in, in, in that kind of a, an environment uh, with respect to the legal, my legal practice. And being a magistrate, to me, was a great opportunity to train to be a judge. Take someday. a moment and just talk about the duties of a magistrate and talk about how that can prepare you for ascending to a opportunity to become judge. Sure. Well, a magistrate is. Uh, some people don't know what a, even know really what a magistrate is or, or what a magistrate does, and, and that's okay. Um, the judges, you know, everyone kind of knows what judges do, but magistrates—they're judicial officers. They are a magistrate in the common pleas court. I guess the best way to put it, you know, simply would be that it, it's kind of like an assistant judge. We assist. We serve at the pleasure of the judge. We have uh, jurisdiction to oversee jury trials. We uh, have jurisdiction to rule on any motion that comes before the court uh, in the form of a decision. And then, for instance, I like right now, I, I'm responsible for all of the felony criminal arraignments for all five of the judges in the Common Pleas Court, the general division. Um, so we do those every Tuesday. Uh, and I handle and preside over the, those uh, felony arraignments. I'm responsible for presiding over all of the criminal extradition hearings in Mahoning County. I assist uh, the judge when he has criminal matters and evidentiary issues come up in those, and I'll assist him on, on, on those with his decision-making. But he's the boss. The judges are the bosses. The magistrates serve at the pleasure of the judge. We 
are there to assist them and to help move the uh, the court's docket along and handle some of the day-to-day tasks that come before the court. So. This is actually an important part of learning how the court runs and the docket right. and getting things through on, on, a, on a timely basis. And right. I know, you know, just not necessarily from experience, but just observing courtrooms where you hear them talk about, well, we have such and such amount of time for this and that. And that's a big part of a courtroom. Talk about some of your philosophies of uh, judicial responsibilities. Sure. And and what's, what do you, how do you see the common pleas run in your vision? All right. Well, I, I would say this being there, you know, every day for the past 10 years, um, I've been fortunate to be able to serve with uh, Judge Dapolito and see how the court can be run in a way that that fits with my philosophy, and that's fundamental fairness and equality. And I would say this. I'm proud of the work that we do there every day, but I'm also proud of what that court stands for, and that is, you know, a place where, I mean, look— Life is hard enough as it is for people, you know, just getting up every day, taking care of their their families, taking care of their jobs and their businesses and and all the other little things that go on in in people's lives on a daily basis. So it's important to me that people know and can have faith that there's a place that if they have uh, a complaint, if they have a grievance against somebody, a company, uh, you know, something like that, they can go to this place. And it's the one place where the deck's not stacked against them, where they can get a fair fight, even if they're fighting a giant, you know, a Goliath. The deck's not stacked against them. They get in there, and they, if their case is strong, they can win. They can win that fight. And there's not a lot of places in this world where regular people can have that opportunity to stand equal, on equal ground. And they rise and fall based on their, the strength of their case. And having a place like that for for people to hopefully they won't ever have to go there. Right. But having that there stands to me, it stands for something and it means something. And it's important to me. And my philosophy is pretty simple. Every case gets judged, you know, on on the individual on its individual facts in uh, the applicable law. And everybody gets a fair shake, you know, regardless of the size of their wallet, the color of their skin. You know what kind of suit they're wearing that day? It's just or, purely or, on the facts of the case. That's it, and the merit of what was being brought up on right. the uh, whatever it may be involved in. Right, that's the way it has to be. I right. mean, it can't. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, me personally, no political agendas, no outside. You know, uh, you're not trying to grind an axe. Uh, you know, against anybody or anything. You. take each case and you give each case and each person that comes in there the attention that they deserve and you uh, consider each case individually uh, and not under some big broad blanket uh, where you're going to make decisions based on reasons other than what's right in front of you with that in mind 
with all that, and I agree with all the philosophy part. I guess the other side of the coin people would bring up is how would you handle conflicts of interest at the bench if you had one? I mean, it's tough to say it hypothetically without giving you an example, but I don't want to give it an example saying this is what right. you're facing because right. that's not necessarily true. Right, right. And, and, I'll, and, and that's another thing about having been there on the bench for, for 10 years as a magistrate, I've dealt with that before. I've dealt with that several times before and where you might have a party involved in a lawsuit after you've been on the bench for a few years, but you may have done work for them 10 years ago or eight years ago um, when you were an attorney, or you may have had a case where they were involved somehow as a witness or something along those lines. And what you need to do is this is, is, there's a procedure involved. It's it's essentially up to the court, uh, for the most part, whether or not they believe they should recuse themselves, themselves, and it will get assigned to another court, another judge, or another magistrate. <clears throat> and whether or not you think, whether or not you know me as the magistrate knows that I don't. There's no conflict here. I I can be fair. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take into consideration things that happened years ago over this, you know, with, with respect to this person, that's not the most important thing. What the court needs to consider is, is the party on the other side, are they going to, are they going to think that you're not going to be fair? Because that's what we need to avoid from the bench, the appearance of impropriety, whether or not we're doing something improper, that's always an issue always an issue but that's the secondary issue the threshold issue the issue of first impression is are we doing something that might appear to somebody that we're not being fair that we're prejudging a case in some way or that we have um, a bias towards one side or the other because of some you know past relationship or past business relationship something like that so even if you know you can be fair if the other side isn't comfortable with it then you recuse yourself and to take it one more step further just as a definition how would you define injustice if you've seen it well i, I know that's a little tough I, it's well in it, it's tough because justice is fluid in, in other words justice for one person might not be justice for another um so from an outside justice is a very personal thing uh because uh you know, a, a decision from the court, a ruling from the court, um, is going to affect both sides. Mm-hmm. The way our system is set up, it's an adversarial system. If you take your case to trial and you don't settle it, or in a criminal case, if you don't enter a plea a plea agreement with the prosecutor, then somebody has to win and somebody has has to lose. There really aren't any ties or anything like that. So. Um, an injustice would be, I think, if the evidence is clear, whatever kind. Of, I can't speak in specifics. We're not really we're, we're yeah. prohibited from doing that. But, um, you know, hypothetically, if, if the if the uh, evidence is fairly clear that um, a jury or a judge uh, sh- should rule this in a certain way that is in line with what the evidence is showing and they go the opposite way. And that would lead me to believe that 
they judged this matter on something other than the facts, on something other than the evidence that was was admitted in, in, in the case. And to me, however big or small, when a decision in our courts is made based on those things, um, rather than the evidence and the applicable law, then that's an injustice. When you look at the big picture of the courtroom, and as you mentioned, years go by and times change, and philosophies, or I shouldn't say philosophies change, but social justice changes. Um, talk about maybe what some of the things that you may see in the system that that you would like to change or would you like to see changed in the courtroom? Sure. Um you know, when I when I first started uh, back in 2008, um, and I would handle our felony, I would handle the, the arraignment sessions, the case numbers, the, the number of new felony arraignments was a lot smaller. Uh, you might have 35 or 40 on any given, you know, during any given week. And you would have a wide variety of different kinds of charges people brought in on different charges um now just for instance last tuesday i think i had 60 60 some new felony arraignments and i would have to say that over 40 of them were low level felony five nonviolent drug possession charges um now all of these people that's a big number it and, and it and it's been like that now for the last for the last few years, um, and all of these people, again, they're nonviolent. They were, you know, in possession of an illegal an illegal drug, which is against the law, and they were arrested and charged. But not all of them are addicts. Some are, um, and they might have to deal with treatment for a long, long time uh, going down the road. Treatment for addiction is a very complicated, complex, very expensive process. Could last somebody's entire, their entire life. Um, but the ones that aren't, they're right on that, you could see, they're living on that edge where if they continue to go down the path they're going, if they continue to make some of the choices they're making or being around the people that they're around, they might end up in that lifelong cycle of of addiction and treatment and relapse and all these things. I would like to address, I would like to have resources allocated to the common police court so that we can get these people into and have a, a systematic prevention program, a, an addiction prevention program um, that will intervene in these people's lives. So rather than giving them a bail that puts them in, in the Mahoney County jail for three months while they're waiting, uh, you know, for trial because they can't even, they can't pay even a, you know, a, a low bail, you know, of, of $2,500 or, or $4,000. Um, I'd rather have them, uh, be involved hands on and, in, and in, uh, in attend these drug, uh, addiction prevention, uh, programs because there are, there are results. They're measurable, measurable results, that show these prevention programs actually work. They work. Now, of course, they work. The younger the individual, the, the more effective they are. But we see a lot of people in there every week that are in their late, you know, early 20s, uh, mid-20s, and, uh, and, and, and above. But it, I believe it would be a more productive way 
to uh, spend time before a trial to treat them and show them these prevention methods. So that's one of the things that I would uh, I would like to, to uh, implement. We're talking with Dan DeCenzo. He is running for Mahoney County Common Pleas Judge. Dan has been endorsed by the Ohio AFL-CIO, the FOP, Still Valley Lodge, the UAW, 1112 Cap Council, Youngstown Warren, Black Caucus, and the Mahoning County Democratic Party. This is Tim Continenza along with Dan DeCenzo on One on One. And Dan, just give me a closing statement here. Basically, what you want to do for the Valley as the next common please judge. Sure. I, uh, you know, I was, and I've told people this before, and you know, they think, oh, you're a magistrate. You know, you're you're um, you're in the court every day, and and that's a, that's a big deal. And it is. It really is. I think the judicial experience has been invaluable to me in in training, uh, in my training to become a judge and take that next step. But it's the backstory I think that that means a lot too. And that is this. You know, I'm just a local guy that worked his way up the ladder. My story isn't really special. My story is probably really familiar to a lot of people uh, around here uh, because either they've done the same thing or their kids are on the way to doing their sa- that same thing where they, they, you know, made choices that put them in a position where they're going to have to sacrifice and work hard, but there's something at the end of that. And with me getting into the service and being able to attend college uh, getting a chance to be a magistrate and learning how to uh, operate uh, in the court and, and from the bench. Um, you know, it's it's that background that makes us who we are. And I'm fortunate to have been, uh, had the opportunity to work and serve with some really good people that showed me firsthand, not by going to class or anything like that, but just by watching them, what true leadership is. And true leadership, in my opinion, is a commitment to serve. If you want to be put in a position of leadership, then you better commit to serving those people that you're there to serve first before you ever do anything to serve yourself. And I would say this, if I'm fortunate enough to be, to, to be elected, as the next common police court judge. I take that attitude into court every day now that I'm there for them, not the other way around. I'll continue to do that, and I'll continue to make sure and fight for that uh, to maintain our court as a place of fundamental fairness where regular people can have faith that they can go in there. Anyone can stand equal with everyone, and they can get a fair shake. That's what it's all about, right? That's it. That's justice. Hey, let's have some fun now. Just uh, some rapid-fire questions here, and just one answer or one sentence on all these, just for some people to get to know uh, Dan DeCenzo a little bit better. Your favorite TV show? Uh, Breaking Bad. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite movie? Uh, Rocky. (laughs) Favorite actor? Or actress? Al Pacino. Favorite sport? Baseball. Why? Uh, Because I've always, I just loved playing it, and I love, uh, my sons play it now. They're 14 and 9. I've coached them. I played it growing up, 
can never think of a bad memory playing baseball and with my boys coaching their teams over all the years and, and that it's just something I really take a lot of pleasure in. Do you play or have played any instruments? I do not. I have no musical ability whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this might be interesting. Well, how about your favorite song on your playlist? Um, right now, it changes. It changes. But right now, I think uh, Bruce Springsteen, Lost in the Flood, um, Madison Square Garden. Oh, very good. Nineteen. I'm not sure the year it, it was recorded, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a great song. But that version of it is just, yeah, it's just something. It 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 it's got me right now. That's my favorite. Right. I know you have kids, so obviously when you're in the car, they have a playlist too yeah. that you have to deal with. So, what's your least favorite song to hear? Uh, <laughs> there, I don't know the names to some of the songs. That's but all right. There's, or maybe um, artists, if you know that. I don't know the names of some of the artists. That's quite understandable. They're, yeah, they're newer songs. You know, they're newer songs. And it's, um, oh, I, I tell you what, I wish I could remember the, the name of the the name of the artist. But um, my older boy, Jack, he's in eighth grade. He He likes it. And when it comes on, um, you know, he'll he'll say turn it up, and it and it's kind of a mix between a song and a little bit of a rap, kind of a rap uh, portion okay. to it, and just something about it, just really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah just, you'd rather not hear it. Just gets on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, and then the little one, he likes you know some of the newer songs, but he still likes some kids songs too. Favorite athlete? I'd say. Doesn't have to you, be today. It could be any time. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I I think maybe Jerry Rice or Michael Jordan. I think yeah, two and, good ones there. Yeah, they just because they had a lot of God given talent. There's no doubt. But the story on those two guys and a lot of others, but those two in particular, is that they were always the first ones at practice and they were always the last ones to leave. So they didn't just take that talent, that God given talent, for granted. They worked hard to build on that and to me that that was i think that's important so do you have a favorite sports team uh the cleveland indians yeah and the browns too but they're hard to love sometimes <laughs> they are uh yeah. more on that another day yeah that's a whole nother show right there <laughs> okay uh, one last one a top item on your bucket list to do um non-professional yeah top top item on my bucket list I think would be to um, to uh, climb a mountain. I'd like to climb a mountain someday. That's interesting. I like yeah, that one. That's I would different. like to. I just think, yeah. I mean, I I think that there's a lot of planning that goes into it, but there's a lot of prep and and you have to. That's an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I mean, if I could, if I got one chance to do it, I would I would probably take it. And the only reason I say it now is because. My as I get older, my knees are getting a little a little bad. You know, they're they're, exactly. they're locking up on me here and there, and they're they're sore. But um, so if I do it, I'm going to have to do it pretty soon because I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, in five or six years if I'll be able to pull it off. So that's Dan Desenzo. He is running for Mahoning County Common Pleas Judge. The primary is may 8th so you want to go out and participate in the election coming up here in mahoning county on may 8th uh has 20 years trial experience and rep representing labor organizations and small businesses 
and his campaign has been endorsed by the Ohio AFL-CIO, the FOP Still Valley Lodge, the UAW 1112 Cap Council, the Youngstown Warren Black Caucus, and the Mahoning County Democratic Party. Dan, thanks for coming on. Thanks very much, Tim. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. All right, that's Dan DeCenzo. He's running for Common Pleas Judge here in Mahoning County. The primary is May 8th. We'll talk to you all soon here very shortly on Radio MVP. Thanks again for the download.